Welcome back to the Young Buck Bets Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, and I got absolutely slaughtered on Sunday. Paint me up in the clown paint. Dress me up as a clown, because guess what I am? I'm a goddamn clown. I'm an absolute clown for the picks that I made on Sunday. And maybe this is your first time listening. Maybe this is you don't even know what I'm talking about. You have no clue. And if you don't, that's okay. You can go to my Instagram at Dylan Kelly Show and watch the couple posts that I made on Sunday afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call it, during the Cowboys and Chiefs game and just see how pissed I was when I was watching that game. I was a little bit, I mean, by the last video, I was absolutely wasted and I probably should have stopped posting stuff on Instagram. But either way, that's who I am. I live and die with every single play when I have a big bet on a game and I have absolutely no regrets of what I did. But I've gone on a spiel about uh, betting responsibly last week, especially I've said it a couple times about betting responsibly and not kind of overdoing it. Don't go into your savings account. I see like the horror stories of people all the time that are completely addicted to gambling, but still continue to gamble and lose bets. So I am going to take the week off from placing any bets. I'm still going to do what I normally do. I'm going to break down games. I'm going to tell you where I'm leaning. I'm going to tell you maybe what I'd pick if I was betting. But in terms of actually betting, I'm not going to bet. Like I said, I said gamble responsibly. And one of the mottos on the podcast here just so happens to be, don't just talk about it, be about it. So, I mean, when when you take that into consideration, my hands are tied, can't really place any bets. I, I can't just talk about it. I have to be about it. With that being said, I'm going to start off this pod with breaking down the 1K NFL Week 12 Pick'em that Bounty Sports is running this weekend on their app, on their website. If you guys don't know, I do have a little bit of a partnership with Bounty Sports just because I'm just such an electric personality. I don't know. I actually don't know why they sponsored me. I would have no clue. I'm such a small little podcast. I had no clue why I got a sponsorship. But shout out to Bounty Sports. Thank you for the sponsorship. Anyways, so we're going to talk about their NFL Week 12 Pick'em, because there's a $1,062 total prize pool. And if you're not signed up yet, download the app and use the referral code DKELLY, all in caps, D-K-E-L-L-Y, DKELLY. Use that code, and you'll get $5 when you sign up, which will actually get you into this $1,000 tournament and another $1 tournament for free. So, I mean, me and the boys at Bounty Sports got you covered. You get that, you get into the tournament for free. You get $5 when you sign up with my link. So like I said, it's a $1,062 total prize pool. It's only a $4 entry fee. The top 50 of 295 total entries get paid out with the top three making 141, 118, and 94, which is a pretty good profit margin if you end up winning or even coming into the top three, top five even for a $4 entry. So let's go over how to pick these games just in case you haven't used the app yet. I'll just give you a quick little tutorial on it. You click on the tournament. All the games and teams will pop up. From there, it's just picking who you think will win. There's no spread involved. There's no. It's just straight pick them like the t- like the title says. You just got to pick the game that you think. So I'm just gonna go to the app right now and do it. So all the games popped up when I clicked on the uh, 1K NFL Week 12 pick them. Um, I'm gonna just do the Tennessee Titans and New England Patriots as an example. If you pick the Tennessee Titans to win and they win, you get 2.31 points. If they don't win, you get zero. If you pick the New England Patriots to win, you get one point. So if it's pretty self-explanatory from there, it's get the most amount of points in the tournament, you win the tournament. Like I said, download the app on the App Store or go on the website at Bounty Sports and use the referral code 
D. Kelly when you sign up to get into this tournament for free. It'll give you five bucks. You can get into two tournaments and you don't even have to deposit, which is the nice thing I like about Bounty Sports. It's kind of why I did the sponsorship sponsorship with them. You can kind of go check out their app and everything before you have to deposit and give all your information. Plus, with this free $5, you could end up getting into a tournament, winning 151 bucks, taking that out and say, thanks, Bounty Sports. Thanks for the free cash. So go on Bounty Sports, sign up using the referral code DKELLY. And I also want to talk about, before I get into the breakdown of the bets, because I'm just going to put it on the back burner and put it on the back burner, because who wants to talk about going 0 for 3 or 0 for 4? on a gambling week. Nobody does. I mean, not me. It's pretty tough. Like I was thinking about it earlier. It's like, what could be worse than giving out gambling picks? Especially with me. I was like super confident, especially in that Cowboys pick. I was super confident in my picks this week and I go over three. Like, I don't know what could be worse is being known as like a mush or something on the internet for giving out your picks that are losers. The only thing that could be worse is maybe being like, I don't know, an island boy, maybe being one of those guys that would maybe be the only thing worse than being known as being a mush on the internet. But I do want to talk about some fantasy hockey. And quickly, um, my now 2-9 and nine fantasy, uh, fantasy football team um, maybe put up the best week of all time last week. I had 191.88 total points, and I had a total of 3.9 points from Brian Edwards and Kenyon Drake. So that might be the possibly the best week of all time from a 2-9 and nine team. From a two and nine team, that may be the best week of all time. Get 191 points and two year guys average or get 3.9 total. My team went absolutely odd. Too bad they didn't do that all season. When you have the first overall pick and you pick Christian McCaffrey, your hands are kind of tied. But speaking of fantasy beasts, and this kind of I'm transferring to the NHL because my uh my uh NHL fantasy hockey team, it's kind of I'm going 500. I'm like two and three right now. I've had two really bad losses on Sundays where guys have come back and done it, but um. I'm in a league where I'm, you know, I'm two and three. I've had two people come back on Sunday from shutouts too. That's the thing. It's from, they've both been from shutouts, but that's beside the point because I do want to talk about the fantasy beasts, which are Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And these guys are literally lapping the field in most fantasy hockey leagues. My league has a decent value on power play points, which I like. I think they should. You Teams practice hours and hours on end on the power play. You should value power play points more. But Leon Dreisaitl in my league has 101.2 fantasy points, and Connor McDavid has 91.0. The next closest guy is Alex Ovechkin with 69.8 fantasy points. That's just that's insane. They're basically lapping the field. They're like 30 and or 25 and 30 points ahead of the next closest guy to them in fantasy relevance. Those two are on fire. On fire. Leon Dreisaitl is averaging 6.0 fantasy points per game. And we can honestly see these guys do something special. Not in fantasy, probably in fantasy terms. I don't really know. But in real life, we could see these guys do something special this season. At this point, Leon Dreisaitl is on pace to score 168 points this season if he stays health- healthy. And Connor McDavid is on pace to score 154. So you might think those numbers, you like you think of those guys and you see what they've done already. And you think, yeah, it's It's kind of on par for what they've been already, which is crazy to say considering we saw what McDavid do last year. But the last time someone in the NHL had 150 or more points in a season was in the 1995 and 96 season when none other than, I'll give you one second, Mario Lemieux had 161 points. So no one has had more than 150 points since 1995 and 96. Mario Lemieux had 161 in that season. McDavid and Dreisaitl are on pace to have more points than that. The most points since 95-96. That is crazy. 
That if you're an Edmonton fan, I don't know how you just don't sit back and watch those two in just awe every single game, night in and night out. Especially with McDavid, I loved his little quote that he gave. It was I mean a little late on it now. It was a couple weeks ago where he scored that sick goal, and he's just like, yeah, it's my job. It's what I'm paid to do. I'm the shit, and you guys know it. I love that guy. I love McDavid. Love Drysaddle. I think if you're an Edmonton fan, you got nothing but good things coming for a long time in the future. But I've put it off long enough now, and let's quickly, and I mean quickly, or else it's going to go south for me real real quick. Um, let's recap the games and the bets from Sunday. So week 11 almost broke me. Like I said, I put on a brave face for Instagram. Big help that I was wasted. But that just, I just sat there after I posted everything on Instagram. I just sat there and recapped how bad I truly was after that. I sat there in silence for probably 10 minutes after I made that last post. But let's get into the picks. The picks I gave out was a parlay with Buffalo and Carolina. They both lost. I gave out New Orleans money line plus 110 versus the Eagles. New Orleans lost. And I gave out the Cowboys plus 115 and told you I put seven and a half units on it. Lost that one too. <laughs> I said it once and I'll say it again. The Dallas Cowboys are the Michigan of the NFL. And if you don't know what I mean by that, it's just Michigan has no problem kicking the shit out of lesser teams when no one's really paying attention. They look elite. They look like they could be national championship. But when the spotlight shines and they play good teams, they always lose. Does that sound familiar? Because that sure as hell sounds like the Cowboys from the last 15, 20 years from as long as I've been watching football. My God, was I ever mad when I was watching that game? Mike McCarthy cannot manage a clock to save his life, and that's the only thing he does. He doesn't call offensive plays. He doesn't call defensive plays. And he, it's it's late in the first half there. Dak, they run, they rush the line. They got 22 seconds or something. They have two timeouts, and Mike McCarthy refuses to call a timeout, and I am 100% blaming him for that interception. If they call a timeout, Dak realizes how much time he has. He doesn't take a shot at the end zone, just like I think it was Troy Aikman or whoever was talking said that, and I completely agreed with him at the time. Mike McCarthy is the worst coach in the league at managing the clock, and that is going to hurt them down like down the line. It's just it's in the playoff time. If you have a coach that can't manage the clock, that's going to hurt you. Dak really didn't play well. He got me like four fantasy points. Dak didn't play well. Zeke was banged up. That leg injury that he had or ankle injury, whatever it was, it looked gross. I'm surprised he played the rest of the game. CeeDee Lamb missed the uh, second half with a concussion, and it was just an all-around disaster on offense. And the Cowboy defense played great. They only allowed 19 points. They kind of held Mahomes in check. They forced a couple turnovers. They did everything they could, and the Cowboys offense just lost them that game. And... I was heartbroken. I was hard. I thought the Cowboys were for real. I feel like I was in the majority thinking that the Cowboys for, were for real, but I don't know. It's proven that once again, the Cowboys are not for real. And the Saints lost 40 to 29 to the Eagles, and it was the best run D in the league for the Saints, and they allowed 242 rush yards in the game, which is just right on par for how my week went. I mean, the team that was averaging 79 rush yards, like they were only allowing 79 rush yards against a game and then they go into the Philadelphia Eagles and they let off 242 and let off 40 points like just it's just how my week was also I threw the jinx on Trevor Simeon I said that he had yet to throw a pick under under Sean Payton I think he came out in the first quarter it may have been his first throw of the game was an interception it was like oh my god I suck this week this better not be a look into the future and guess what it was <laughs> but the parlay was also brutal I had the Bills um, they lost to Jonathan Taylor. He had five touchdowns, one of the best, fan a top 10 fantasy performance of all time and a top 10 performance that I can remember in my lifetime of all time. The guy ran all over the Bills. 
He had five touchdowns. The Panthers lost to the football team. And since I already talked about the Jonathan Taylor thing, um, let's just move on from the bets. We all know that, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm a clown. I sucked this week. I really sucked this week. And before I get into the look ahead, let's just talk about the boys in blue, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And since Friday, they lost 2-0 to the Penguins on Saturday night. And it's not that they looked bad in that game, I thought. I just thought that they had a tough time getting going. They actually had more scoring chances than Pittsburgh. They just had trouble burying them, which, you know what? It's going to happen. My thing that I really liked about it is that they didn't let the game get away from them. They played really well in a tight game again. I know they lost it, but they played well in a tight game. They just couldn't bury their chances, which is going to happen from time to time. But like I've said before, and like everybody in professional sports says, Good teams don't lose twice in a row, and they proved that by beating the Islanders. I mean, the Islanders are kind of a mess right now, but they they were playing a back-to-back, and they beat the Islanders 3-0 on Sunday, getting Joseph Wool his first career shutout. The kid only had to make 20 saves. 20 saves. They played amazing, and they outshot the Islanders 43-20, to and they played so good for all 60 minutes. Mitch Marner had two goals. Andre Kasha chipped in with his fifth goal of the year. And this can and this Leafs team continues to roll. And shout out to me for saying how much I loved uh, Andre Kasha and David Camp. And now every single mainstream show, mainstream media is picking it up and talking about how great those two are. So I just want to give a little shout out to all the boys listening. Thanks for listening to the Young Buck Bets podcast. With that being said, let's get into the ad for this week. Today's podcast is sponsored by 2% lactose-free milk. Ah, delicious. Drink it for strong bones. Drink it by itself or spice it up by putting it over cereal or with the world-famous milk and cookies. 2% lactose-free milk. Grab yourself a cup today. It's a big week in the NFL. It is American Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving down in America, which means we get three games on Thursday, which in Canada means absolutely nothing to us because we all have to go to work and stuff, so we don't get to watch the game. But you get three games on Thursday nonetheless. And I didn't even write any notes for this, so I'm going to go off the top of my head, and we're going to see how this goes. I'm going to break every game down, just give you my actual raw thoughts without giving any research or anything, really, like deep dive research. I obviously do my own research because I'm addicted to football. So I <laughs> I watch everything. I get all the updates, whatever else. But I will be doing more in-depth breakdowns of the games that I really like and the games that I find interesting, the games that I'm going to watch on Friday. So make sure you tune into Friday's pod as well. But to start it off on Thursday at 12.30, like I said, no good for us Canadians, but at 12.30 on Thursday, it's the worst game of the week by far, and it's the Chicago Bears versus the Detroit Lions. The Chicago Bears are three-point favorites. They're minus 150 on the money line. Detroit Lions plus 130 on the money line. I don't even think Detroit Lions are a live dog in this one. I do not think. The over-under set at 41 and a half. Um, Like I said, I don't really care about this game. I won't be watching this game. You couldn't pay me to watch this game. The one thing I will say, the fire Matt Nagy chants are getting like, it's funny to hear it at a Bulls game or whatever, but I was listening to the Pat McAfee show, shout out Pat McAfee, and they they were talking about how like at Matt Nagy's son's high school football game that his son's playing in, the crowd started chanting, fire Nagy, like fire Matt Nagy, fire Matt Nagy. That's a little too far. That's, I get Chicago, you're really into your, like you're a big sports town, you're into the the football team, but that's a little bit too far, chanting at a guy's kid at his, at his uh, high school football game. That's a little bit aggressive. So 
Hopefully he does get fired so he doesn't have to put up with that stuff as bad as that sounds. You're saying that to a guy. Hopefully he does get fired. But hopefully they fire him soon and put him out of his misery. Hopefully if they lose to the Lions, I don't see how Matt Nagy survives this week realistically. But the next game is at 4.30. This one should be a good one. And it's the Dallas Cowboys versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The Cowboys are 7.5-point favorites. The over-under is 515 and the Raiders are plus 265 on the money line. Cowboys minus 350, so not even a really good parlay piece for the Cowboys. I don't like the Raiders here, but I also don't really like the Cowboys spread at 7.5. If you ask me, I would have thought the number would have been around like 5.5 just because of the showing that the Cowboys put up the last week. They In the last couple weeks, they put up that showing against Denver, put up that showing against KC. Obviously, their offense is a little banged up. Like, There's no way Zeke's ankle is just fine. I think C.D. Lamb's going to be back. I think they said Amari Cooper's back. But still, even with that, they are a little bit banged up, and they just haven't looked like as explosive as they have. So my early lean, like I do think the Cowboys will win that game. But even like Betway has the minus 7.5 for the Cowboys at plus 100. I would think that if that game went to like a 6.5, maybe a 6, I would be more apt to take the Cowboys. But for right now, I would just look maybe the under 51.5 Cowboys as a parlay, money line as a parlay piece if you want to go more than two pieces. The next game is the, at night, this one should be a decent game too, just because, it, I, although you don't really know what you're going to get from either team, and it's the Bills versus the Saints at 820 on Thursday night, and the Bills are six-point favorites, minus 245 on the money line, Saints plus 195, dogs on the money line, and the over-under is set at 45 and a half which is pretty low considering it's the Bills and the Saints. The Saints just put up 30 last week, and the Bills are a pretty explosive offense as well. So that might be a a little look at the over in that game, depending on weather in New Orleans. Um, I would probably take the Bills minus six if you were going to ask me. Like I said, I'm not... I'm I'm not take I'm not placing any bets this week. If you still want to ride with me, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to give you the picks that I would have made, but I'm not betting this week. So if I was going to bet, I would look... Bills minus six is the alternative point spread. Bills minus three. That might be more where I slide. What is that? What are those odds at? Minus 200, Bills minus three. That might be where I go for a parlay piece. Although I put Bill, the Bills in like two or three parlays for me this year and they've lost. So early lean would be um, even a Bills money line minus 245. You want to parlay up like a, a Dallas Cowboys minus 350 and a Bills minus 245 with something on Sunday. That might not be a bad little start to a parlay for you. <clears throat> So moving on to Sunday, we got the Steelers versus the Bengals. Um, the Bengals are minus four and a half point favorites, minus two fifteen on the money line. The Steelers are plus one seventy on the money line, over under set at forty five. I just don't know how you confidently bet on the Steelers, like Big Ben at the helm, and then even if he's not at the helm, Mason Rudolph, like they just don't have any options at quarterback. You're basically hoping Najee Harris or Najee Harris takes over the game every time he hops on the field. <clears throat> I don't think you could bet on the Steelers there. The Bengals are pretty good. They kind of are like a fake good team, but they are able to beat teams like the Steelers. So I would probably lean the Bengals at minus four and a half. But honestly, just to wrap it or just to go three in a row there, if you go Dallas Cowboys money line, Buffalo Bills money line, Cincinnati Bengals money line, you get plus 165 odds. So you would get, you know, 10 pays 26, 20 pays 40. Like you would get, or 20 pays, yeah, 50 something. Like you would get a good little chunk of change on a parlay like that. And I would like that Bengals, uh, Bengals money line, Bills money line, Cowboys money line. That wouldn't be a bad little parlay if that's what you're into. Um, the next game, the Jets and the Texans, I am not going to break that one down. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I know that uh, whatever's in Zach Wilson's back, 
Um, I'm going to start Ty Johnson in fantasy because Zach Wilson loves to dump the ball off, and Ty Johnson was playing pretty well with Zach Wilson. So I'm going to start Ty Johnson over Kenyon Drake this week in fantasy. So there's my little tip from that game. But moving on, we got the Buccaneers versus the Colts. Um, the Buccaneers are minus three-point favorites, minus 165 on the money line. Colts are plus 140 live dogs on the money line. The over-under is set at 53. I would probably hit the under here. Um, Colts are a live dog on that money line, man. The Cowboys are really banged up. They showed it like they did. Do they beat the Giants? But yes, but they, they are very banged up. And the Colts have shown that they're a very good team. Their defense is for real. The Colts defense gets a ton of takeaways. And Tom Brady's shown that he's, he's kind of apt to throw some picks this year. So I might lean the Colts, especially at plus three. If you want a live dog, the Colts are plus 140, but it is very tough betting on the Colts because if you have to rely on Carson Wentz to come back, it's tough. If you're ahead and you can rely on Jonathan Taylor to just be a workhorse and run the ball, it's the most fun thing to watch. But if they're coming from behind, it's tough to watch Carson Wentz battle back. But I I would like the Colts in that game uh, plus three, not as a live dog, but I would take him plus three and probably look the under because it was in the 50s as well. The next game is another who cares game. It's Atlanta Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. <clears throat> it's a pick em game with the Falcons being a one point favorite. Jacksonville plus 100 on the money line. I would probably take Jacksonville. Um, Urban Meyer shown that he's kind of maybe got it under control with that Jacksonville team over the last few weeks here, put up a good performance against Buffalo. Um, I would probably lean... Jaguars there, but that's never a game that you could tell me to bet on. The Atlanta Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. No thanks. This is another one kind of that's kind of a weird one to me. Carolina Panthers versus the Miami Dolphins. And I may watch this one because, as you guys know, I'm a huge Tua fan. I hate that the Miami Dolphins Twitter account and everyone's pretending that they love this guy, even though they got the biggest boner for Deshaun Watson, who might be one of the worst humans in the world. Obviously innocent until proven guilty, but he's fucking 27 cases. Seems pretty Guilty. Anyways, I think Tua will play well. Carolina has a very good defense, though. So there's the tough thing. Miami's offensive line sucks. So if Tua has a bad game, just wait for the media to rip him apart. But Carolina's defense is good, and Miami's offensive line sucks. So watch Tua to be running around all day long. Like I said, Newton and McCaffrey are back. They kind of add a different duo. People are already talking. Is Cam Newton the uh, the answer for the future of the quarterback in Carolina, at least for the next few years? No, he's not but he does add some red zone threat like that they didn't have before. They could punch the ball, and DJ Moore even came live last week, got a touchdown with Newton in there. So I would probably lean the uh, the Carolina Panthers at minus 2.5 here. Um, Over-under set at 42. It's probably right where it should be. I can't imagine this game turning into a shootout by any sense of the word. But I also would say, um, because I'm saying all this, one thing I would bet on would be if Tua does start, because I think he's going to, is uh, Tua Tagovailoa anytime touchdown because he's going to have to run for his life from that Carolina defense. And when he gets in the red zone, Tua does not mind running a ball in. Um, the next game is the Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. And this one's kind of a weird one because the Titans got proven that they were like hurting last week. And I think Vegas is really hopping on that fact. The Patriots are six and a half point favorites over the Titans, minus 290 on the money line. Um, Titans are plus 230 on the money line. That could be a live, live, live dog situation just because I know the Patriots are good and I know everyone likes to like really, really get on Mac Jones and tell him how great he is and get on his back and think that tell him that he's the next Brady. But he does struggle to put 
the ball in the end zone. And I don't care how good they say you are, how accurate you are, accurate you are. If you can't put the ball in the end zone in the NFL, then that's not going to translate to wins in the long run. I don't think Tennessee has enough to win this game, but I also don't like the Patriots at minus six and a half. I feel like seven points is a lot for them to win by. I would probably lean the Titans at plus six and a half. Another thing that I would lean here is the over 44. I think these teams both score enough to go over 44. I know what I just said, but even though New England, like Matt can drive him down to the field and get to the red zone, he just can't put the ball in the red zone. So they do score a ton of points on field goals and stuff like that, but they just don't score enough. I think the one thing that Vegas is also saying is that uh, the performance from New England's defense last week might be the new norm. And if that's the if that's the case, then that's kind of going to be a problem for Tennessee. The next game is Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants in the NFC Beast faceoff. The Eagles are minus three point favorites, minus 185 on the money line. The Giants are plus 155 dogs. Giants got Saquon back last week, but I still would roll with the Eagles here. They just put up 242 rushing yards versus the New Orleans Saints, who's the best rush defense in the entire league. So I think that it's safe to say that the Eagles have figured something out on offense. They're rolling. They also showed stats between Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts um, through their first, I think it, what it was, 11 starts or 13 starts or something like that. Um, it's actually impressive how well Jalen Hurts has done. He has more overall touchdowns. He ran, he's rushed for more touchdowns than Lamar did in his first 11 starts. He's thrown for more yards. So Jalen Hurts bringing that Oklahoma offense to Philadelphia, they found something there, and it is working. And when you're playing the Giants, I don't really think you need much. Like I said, they just beat the New Orleans Saints. I would lean all over the Eagles here at minus three, minus 185, wherever you want to go. I know they just lost Jordan Howard, but they still have a stable of running backs there that they've used all season. Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, if he's healthy. They have a lot of guys in that backfield where if one goes down, that's kind of a next man up mentality and they can run the ball down your throat. I don't think the Giants are going to be able to keep up with that. I would take the Eagles minus three. I would have thought that that game would have been a little bit bigger of a spread, but the next game is the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos are a hard team to bet on or against because they just you don't know what they're going to bring to the table, and they got a little healthier with Judy back. Cortland Sutton just signed that new deal, so he's got a little bit of motivation. It's a little bit weird to go against them, but I do think the Chargers are better here. Um, Chargers are three-point favorites, minus 145 on the money line. Broncos plus 125 on the money line. The over-under set at 48. Um, Vegas has the Chargers minus three at plus 100. I would probably... Look at that. The Chargers haven't played that bad. Their defense just sucks, man. Their defense is brutal, and they're going to have to get that figured out if they ever want to be a contender. But early lean on that one. I will talk about that game more. I always love, like on now on Friday, instead of talking about maybe um, my exact gambling picks, I'm going to talk about games that I watch and then big guys that like I like. So like Justin Herbert, Tua, a couple other guys like Jamar Chase. Like there's going to be a few guys that I talk about in headline in that Friday's podcast, so it's going to be a little different. So I'll talk about this game more on Friday, but my early lean would be on the Chargers, whether you want to go minus 145 on the money line or plus 100 at minus three on the spread. The next game, this one should be a really good game. It's the Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers, and Betway doesn't even have a spread posted for this game. It's just a straight-up pick them on the money line. Both teams sitting at minus 110, the over-under at 48. And I always find when two really good teams like this collide, at least lately in this season, like the over-under seems to be always set at a big number. 48's not that bad. Usually gets set up in the 50s and they never hit it. It's usually a defensive battle because they have great defensive players too and the defensive guys step up. I don't really know who I would take here. I think the Rams are kind of getting proven that they're not as good 
as they shown earlier in the year, maybe they're kind of dying out. They're a little bit of an older team. They, we know Matt Stafford has been dealing with that back injury. I know they signed OBJ, but they lost Robert Woods. Robert Woods was a big, big part of their offense. Bobby Trees going down hurt them a lot, I think. I would probably lean Packers. I think it, this will probably be the America game of the week because it's at 425, and this will so all the uh, head, or spotlight will be on it. And when the spotlight shines, I usually like to take Aaron Rodgers. So my early lean would probably be, I mean, they don't have a spread, so and it's a pick em, but my early lean would, I, I'm going to watch that game probably as well. But my early lean would be on the Packers. Next game, Minnesota Vikings versus the San Francisco 49ers. The Vikings are, or no, sorry, the 49ers are minus three-point favorites, minus 180 on the money line, and the Vikings are plus three, um, plus 150 on the money line. I, <laughs> over-under set at 49. The Vikings are constantly in this, like, if they lose, they're kind of out of the playoff picture thing right now, and they're fighting for their lives. Mind you, this is me, like I told you at the very start of this, I've done no research. I don't know about Dalvin Cook. I will come back to you on Friday with more on Dalvin Cook if there's more news about it. I don't really know why the Vikings, like, dude, when you're playing desperate like the Vikings are, they can just rattle off some wins here. Like I said, they just beat the Packers last week. They can rattle off some wins when you're playing desperate and you know it's kind of a last stand game every single week. With that being said, playing those type of games with that much energy and that much you know, focus and everything that does take a lot out of you after a while, considering they had to start it like week nine, week 10, they're by week 14 or week 15, they're going to be burnt out. So is this week that they get burnt out? I don't know. I know 49ers have run the ball well. They're coming off a bye week. I'm pretty sure. I, I like the Vikings at plus three. I like betting on desperate teams. I like the Vikings at plus three or as a dog at plus 150 on the money line. Um, that's just me, though. There's nothing posted on my book, anyways, for the Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens game. I would take the Ravens all day unless Lamar's out again. I just don't like Cleveland. I think they're not good anymore. I took them at one point to win their division because I thought they were for real, but they are not even close to for real. I don't think the Ravens are either, but I think the Ravens are a way better team than the Browns. They could like they could run the ball just as well as the Browns, and they could throw the ball a hell of a lot better than the Browns can. I would take the Ravens, but like I said, there's no... There's nothing posted, so I don't know what the spread is there, so I could be talking out of my ass. The Monday nighter is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Washington football team, and this is another pick em. I'm almost happy that I'm not gambling this week because there's a whole lot of pick -ems. The Washington football team is a one-point favorite over the Seattle Seahawks. Washington football team, minus 115 on the money line. Seattle Seahawks, minus 105. The over-under at 46.5, and, and it's kind of a, at a point here where are we just waiting for Seattle's offense to really break out here? You know, see Russ go off for another three. Cause he's, everyone knows he's good. He's just battling through a finger thing. When does it get, when does it get healthy enough for him to break out and go off? It could be against a Washington football team whose defense has been absolutely horrible this season. I think that it could be against Washington football team that they break out. I don't really know why this game's a pick them. I guess I haven't done any research though. So I could be talking like this and someone might be listening and be like, dude, Russ is questionable. DK's questionable. Tyler's questionable. Cool. I'll talk about it more on Friday when there's more information about a Monday night game. It's Wednesday. Give me a break. <laughs> but I do think that is a big storyline of just, it's not if Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense is going to break out. It's when. Another headline, Chris Carson got uh, surgery on his neck after missing some time. There was talk when he first got injured that Pete Carroll said that he may never play again. I don't. I hope that that's not the case, but a guy like that, and I, I said this actually because I had him in fantasy football for 
like two, three seasons in a row. My brother can attest to this. Been on the pod a couple of times. Maybe you know about him. He's not. He's kind of a big deal. But I've said it a couple of times. When a guy runs that aggressively and that physically, it just, dude, it has to take. You almost can't run like that in this day and age with guys being that big. You cannot be taking all those hits all the time. You see the running backs now. They're a little bit more. I guess everybody, every running back gets hurt in the NFL. You know what? That point is complete. I'm just saying you can't take all those hits. You see it with quarterbacks more. Justin Herbert talked about it in a Pat McAfee interview there yesterday about it took him one hit in the NFL along the sidelines to realize, oh, shit, I need to get down and slide. Some running backs need to do the same thing. Instead of or ducking that shoulder to get that extra yard, maybe you hop out of bounds. Maybe you just try to make a juke move and kind of make a guy miss instead of trying to run through a guy from time to time because if not you could end up like Chris Carson who's getting who's missed most of the season with a neck injury and is now getting neck surgery and that is going to be a tough thing to come back from especially as a running back that runs as physically as he does with that being said I don't got much more for you that was the wrap-up of week I think it's now week 12 of the NFL season I will be back on Friday to talk about the NFL more I'll give you my leans I'll have a couple more things to talk about um the Leafs play the Kings tonight I think the Leafs are going to smoke them. I, uh, Jack Campbell's in net. Guy's got a 166 goal against average, 944 save percentage, and three shutouts. I heard somebody, maybe named Jeff O'Neill on Overdrive, talking, saying that uh, Jack Campbell could be talked about for the Vesna here. Said that a couple weeks ago as well. It's very noticeable that when this guy is hot, he's one of the best goaltenders in the league, and he is red hot right now. Red hot. 10-4-1. I think the Leafs go in and roll over. It's at 10 o'clock tonight, so it's in Los Angeles. I think the Leafs go in and roll over Los Angeles tonight and get the dub and keep the streak alive. With that being said, I will see you beauties on Friday. Peace!